Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, good morning, Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap. How are you guys feeling today? All right, this morning we are in 1 Samuel 23, um, another really good, good chapter. Um, as a reminder, guys, this Sunday we have Dream Team Night. If you've been part of the Dream Team, um, if you served in any capacity, come on out to both locations. Um, it's going to be an amazing time. If you're not part of the Dream Team, then I got a question for you. Why aren't you a part of the dream team? Come on. This is going to be a night where we're just going to celebrate you guys as a staff, as, as elders, as leaders in the church. We just want to celebrate the team that really makes it happen, right? Because, you know, Pastor Brendan, Pastor Danielle, all the pastors on staff, the, the, the entire staff, the elders, we can't make church happen without the dream team, without you guys. We want to celebrate you. So if you have not signed up yet, you are wrong. So it's time for you to fix yourself and get signed up and come out to dream team night. If you are interested in being a part of this, come and join the dream team. You know, come out and hang out with us on Sunday. And, you know, whether you're on the team or not, and then jump on a team. It's an amazing time. You don't want to miss it. All right. So enough of that. We're going to get into it. I'm going to pray and we're going to begin. Father, we just love you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time that we get to spend uh, in fellowship together as brothers and sisters, Father. And we get to spend time in your word, Lord God. So, Father, I pray that you would be with us, Lord. Um, be in every home, every vehicle, every office um, where this, this word is being heard, Lord. I pray that it be your words that are heard, not mine, Father. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen <clears throat> and amen. All right. First Samuel 23, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Then they told David, saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kayla, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Caleb. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Caleb against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Caleb, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Caleb and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Caleb. Now it happened when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Caleb, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Caleb. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Caleb to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Caleb to destroy the city for my sake. 
Will the men of Caleb deliver me into your into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then David said, will the men of Caleb deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So David and his men, about 600, arose and departed from Caleb and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Caleb, so he halted the expedition. Verse 14. And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding with us in strongholds in the woods in the hill of Hakilah, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him there. For I am told he is very crafty. See, therefore, and take advantage of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me with certainty and I will go with you. And it shall be if he is in the land that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon and the plain on the south of Jeshimon. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David. Therefore, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul had heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Then Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men, and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. Then David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at En Gedi. Amen. All right. Make sure you stretch, drink some coffee. So let's begin in verse 1. It says the Philistines are fighting against Kayla, and they're robbing the threshing floor, right? So they they, they brought this plea for help to David, and, and but they didn't bring it to, to King Saul because Saul was not fulfilling his role as king over Israel, all right? So the people of Kayla, they, they they requested of David to come help. They knew that Saul, he, he hadn't been doing the right thing for a while, a while right? So they went, they went and they requested from a man who they knew would help because it was Saul's job to protect the people they were part of israel the city it was his job to protect them you know and it was saul's job to fight the philistines but saul wasn't doing his job so the lord called david to do it god loved his people too much to let them suffer under an unfaithful king and if saul had went was up to the task god would raise up a, if excuse me if saul wasn't up to the task then God would raise up a man, you know, who was, and David was that man. So God directed David to act like a king, even though he wasn't king yet. And it says in verse two, that David inquired of the Lord, right? This showed David's wisdom 
that showed David's godliness? Because some people would have said, man, that ain't my responsibility. I ain't king. You know, I, I ain't got to do this. This ain't this ain't on me, you know, or he could have just gone and be like, all right, I see a problem. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to I'm going to jump in feet first. I'm going to I'm going to handle my business. Right. And but either one of those courses would have been the wrong thing to do. David was wise because he inquired of the Lord. He asked God, what should I do? Brothers and sisters, when you have very difficult decisions ahead of you, how do you respond? Do you avoid it? Do you just walk away? Do you just do, 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 do? Or do you ask the Lord, God, what do you want of me to do? That is so key in our lives. Do we inquire of the Lord, right? And the Lord responded, go, attack the Philistines, right? And by all outward appearances, this was crazy. It made no sense, right? Because first of all, David had 400 men, right? And all of these men, you know, they had they had bad resumes, right? They had bad credit report, right? And I'll prove it. First Samuel 22, verse 2, the, pre, the chapter we went over yesterday, it says, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. This wasn't a regular army, right? This is like a mishmash of, of, of guys who came together to, 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 to be under David, you know? And, and David, he had enough trouble with Saul. He didn't need to, to add to uh, trouble from the Philistines. You know, one enemy is enough. So, you know, so he, he didn't have to add to his problems. And third, this would bring David, you know, wide out in the open for King Saul. So it was a very uh, it was a dangerous course of action, you know, um, and then his men even were trying to dissuade him. His men said to him in verse three, look, we're afraid here in Judah. David's men counseled him not to go to Kayla. And we can understand their counsel, you know, but but we should not agree with their counsel. You know, we can see a situation like I see where they're coming from. They're coming. I don't I, I don't agree with it, but but I see I see where they're coming from, you know, um, and, and it was good that David became captain over them, you know, because he was the one who was doing the right thing. You know, he was the one who was inquiring of the Lord. And again, verse four, he did it once more. He inquired of the Lord. You know, he took the word from his men into great account. Like he thought he, he took, he listened to them. Right. And then he went to the, went to God. He went to the Lord, you know, I'm sure he wrestled with his advice because David was a man of action. Right. And so, you know, the Lord told him to, to, to go do something, but his men said something else. So he was, ah, do what do I do? You know? The best decision he could have made was go back to God. You know, he he knew this 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 was an issue that had to be decided before the Lord. And 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 the Lord said, "Arise, go down to Caleb, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand." God likes to confirm His word. If you feel like you've received a word, right? If you've been if you're at any one of our services, you're getting prayed over by our prayer team, and and whoever's praying over you gives you a word, you know, from the Lord, right? It is okay to go back to God and ask for a confirmation. God wants 
uh, wants to confirm his word, right? And that is good so we can know that we know that we know we're making the right decision. God likes to confirm his word, especially when he directs us to, to do something that's hard and unusual. This time, the Lord not only confirmed his previous command, but also gave a promise with a confirmation. He said, I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. So the men, they got up, went to Caleb, they fought. David and his men did what God told them to do. And, and it wasn't just enough to ask God's will. We must be committed to obey God's will, even when it was difficult. Because even if David got the confirmation, I will deliver your hand, he still could have chose not to go. So even if we get a word that God will deliver us, God will save us, God will heal us, God will restore us, whatever the case may be, right? We could still lose out on that blessing if we don't act. If we just stand back and sit on our hands and just wait, we still have to do our part, brothers and sisters, right? This faith, this Christianity that we believe in isn't just a, a, a faith that we just we just kind of hang out and wait for God to do what he's going to do. No, sometimes we got to get up off our tail. We got to move. We got to work, right? And so um, Saul, he hears about what's going on. And in verse 7, he says, God has delivered him into my hand. Saul thought that God had blessed him and given him victory over David. And it was true that God, God, you know, he, he led to Kayla, you know, and, and he led David to go, get, go, go to Kayla. And it was true that this exposed David to Saul's attack, but it was not true that the Lord had delivered David into his hand. As Saul said, Saul was deceived. He only saw his what he perceived to be his enemy. He saw David coming out into the open, getting into a battle as the Lord delivering him. So Saul calls the people to war. And now listen, this wasn't a war against the Philistines. Because Saul could have gone to Kayla earlier and handled his business, but he didn't. He could have fought against the Philistines before, and he didn't. Now the Philistines were defeated. Now Saul is getting ready to go to war. And he wasn't going to war against the Philistines. He wasn't going to war against the Edomites, the Amalekites, the Moabites. He was going to war against David. Saul made the common mistake of assuming that someone is an enemy of the Lord just because he is our enemy. Listen to that. He thought that David was an enemy of the Lord just because he saw David as his enemy. We need to be very careful, brothers and sisters, that just because there's that person at work that you don't like, right? There's that person that gets on your last nerve. There's that person at church that when you see them, you like, mm, mm, they got some nerve coming back here. Mm, I can't believe what they did to me. Just because you perceive someone as an enemy does not mean that the Lord perceives them as an enemy. That is, that is, uh, uh, that is wrong. That is a lie from the enemy. Because we know that the enemy, that Satan was speaking to Saul, was pushing Saul, was oppressing Saul to do all this craziness, right? That's so key. And I feel like someone needs to hear that, you know? 
We need to view everyone as sons and daughters of God. You may have an issue. That does not mean that God has an issue. And we do, we, we, we do, we're so wrong when we start to put our issue on God's shoulders as if God, you know, and, and God's like, no, no, that's not going to work. We're going to stumble and we're going to fall with this type of mentality. You know, so Saul wouldn't go to Kayla to save the people from the Philistines, but he would go there to try and save himself from David. Saul was completely motivated by self-interest. So David's in a bad place. And he was in a bad place because the Lord led him there. Think about that. The Lord told him to go. He did. He was obedient. But now he knows that Saul's on, on his way. And some may be angry with the Lord. It's like, God, you brought me here. Like, what's going on? How many of us have been there? You've been obedient. You've been faithful. And then you look around and you're in a bad situation. And you're like, God, how come I'm here? Right? Now, there are times when that happens, right? Not all the time. Don't put all of your issues, right? And all of your bad circumstances on God when you made some dumb decisions. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm put that to the side. Doug, I'm going to put that to the side. Okay? We don't got time to get into that. Right. But what did David do? David did the right thing. He inquired of the Lord again. Come on, man. David, he could have seen his circumstances and been angry with God. He could have been ticked off with God. Like, God, I've been obedient. I've been obedient to your word and look where you've brought me. But no, he said, he, he went to God again. He inquired of God. You know, and he asked the question, you know, are these men, the men of Kayla, are they going to give me over to Saul? And he's like, yep, if you if you chill, if you hang out here, it's going to happen. So they bounced, right? It says, um, verse 13, so David and his men arose and departed from Kayla. David could have stood and fought. And, and there was something in him that probably wanted to, right? And that's okay. I'm sure he was tempted to be like, man, you know, I'm sick of this Saul guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to have... I'm about to handle my business, you know. He could have stayed there and fought. But David knew that that is not what the Lord wanted him to do. And sometimes that's fairly difficult. You know, so a lot of times our flesh wants to take over. And our flesh wants to do things that we perceive as right. And people would have seen David fighting as justified. If he listened to the wrong people, he could have been justified. But David chose to listen to the Lord. David was a great warrior. And so this he had to humble himself and escape. David was not the kind of man to, to sneak away from a battle. But he didn't let his pride get the best of him in this manner. And so Saul finds out that David is gone. So he halts the expedition. He stopped. Okay, David fled. We're not going to do this right now. David's because, listen. If he had stayed there, even though he knew the people of Caleb would deliver him to Saul, he knew that a battle would cost many innocent lives. So he fled, right? His humble heart saved the city of Caleb. And, and here he's showing the same heart that the future son of David, Jesus, 
has again, who through his humble actions, he spared Jesus, he spared us not only from Satan, but also from the righteous judgment of God. David fleeing saved the city of Caleb from being decimated and being destroyed because of the actions of Saul. Just as David's descendant, Jesus, will not, not only saved us from Satan, but also saves us from the righteous judgment of God. Come on, that's something to be so happy about, to praise the Lord about what Jesus did for us. So he goes to the wilderness of Ziph, verse 14. And Ziph is a is a, a town on the southern tip of, of the Dead Sea. If you pull out your Bible and look at the map, you may or may not see Ziph, but that's that's where it was located. And it was a very hard place to be. It, was, it wasn't a comfortable um, area. But God guided and protected David. This was an essential time for God's work in David's life. Because David became a man after God's own heart while he was in the shepherd's field. He became after God's own uh, man after God's own heart when he was tending his father's flocks. But he became a king in the wilderness. He became a king in the wilderness. God will sometimes lead you through, through hard times, trials and tribulations, hardships, right? And we don't always understand why he's allowing this to happen. But God is using these circumstances to form you, to mold you, to shape you into the person that he wants you to be. Because what would have happened if David had stayed at Kayla and fall? He could have died. Right, could have died. Many people would have been would would have been would have been killed. He could have won. He could have defeated Saul and become king at that point, right? But then the time in the wilderness wouldn't have been there to help to shape him and form him into the king that he was supposed to be. Saul saw after him every single day. It says he was a determined enemy. He was unrelenting in his pursuit of David. He was so obsessed with killing David that he ignored the work of being a king. Because listen, even though David was going to become king, Saul was still king. And Saul still had a responsibility as king. But instead of doing his kingly duties, he was worried about the man that he knew was going to be his predecessor. He thought that if he killed David, that the word of the Lord would be like, like null and void, you know? Like, it's like, God, I know that you said that you're tearing the kingdom from me, but if I kill David, then my kingdom's still going to be here. He was so deceived. And, and, and it, said, but it says, but God did not deliver him into his hand. Saul can be as determined as he pleases, but he does not dictate the events. God dictates the events. Man can intend. Man can attempt, man can work all kinds of evil, but God is still in charge. Amen. God is still in charge. It says that um, Saul's son, Jonathan, goes to David. And in verse 16, it says he strengthened his hand in God, right? That's the New King James Version. The New International Version says he helped him find strength in God. Another version says he encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. 
Another one encouraged him in God. This is what, what Jonathan did for David. Jonathan couldn't rescue David, but he could strengthen his hand in God. Jonathan couldn't give David all the answers, but he could, he could encourage him in God. Jonathan couldn't stay with David, but he could encourage him to stay strong in his faith in God. This was a precious gift to have someone go out of their way just to give you encouragement. Sometimes that's all we need, right? Sometimes all we need is that one person, whoever it is that the Lord sends, just to just to encourage you. Just to say, hey, you got this. Hey, I'm praying for you. Something simple, right? And a lot of us have been there when we were at our, at our, our deepest, darkest moments and the Lord sends someone to give you such a simple word, simple word of encouragement. And that's all the strength that you need to keep on going. He says, do not fear. In encouraging David, Jonathan gave him reasons to not fear. David could reject fear because God would ultimately protect him. Verse 17 says, Saul, my father, shall not find you. David could reject fear because God's promise would come to pass. Jonathan says, you shall be king over Israel. David could reject fear because he had loyal friends like Jonathan. He says, I shall be next to you. And because of their great friendship, David and Jonathan look forward to the day when David would be king and Jonathan would help him and support him. But it would never come to pass, unfortunately, because Dave, uh, Jonathan would die before David could become king. Even my father knows that. Saul knew that David would be the next king. Saul knew that the Lord had ordained David to be the next king, yet he still fought against the will of God with everything that he had. Saul was so deceived, he thought he could struggle against God and win. I don't know about any of y'all, but I've tried wrestling against God. I've tried fighting with the Lord. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm oh and like... 832 against God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like God's will will come to pass. And it says the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Verse 18. Now they had already made a covenant in chapter 18 and again in chapter 20, but now they were confirming it again. Right? Renewing or, or, or reconfirming a covenant does not make the previous covenant um, less precious. It makes it more precious. It makes it more valid. And unfortunately, this was the last time that David and Jonathan would see each other. Verse 20, our part shall be to deliver him in, into the king's hand. For every faithful Jonathan, there were also Ziphites willing to betray. And many, many godly men and godly women have known both friends and betrayers. And Saul says to these people who are about to, who, who want to betray David for Saul, blessed are you of the Lord. How, how dare he? Saul was so spiritually. That he said to the betrayers of an innocent. Options. Blessed are you before the Lord. 
makes it, 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 it boggles the mind. But again, we're dealing with someone who was morally warped, morally corrupt, spiritually corrupt, right? He was so deceived. He says, I am told that he is very crafty. It, it wasn't David's craftiness that kept him from Saul's um, clutches. It, it was the goodness and faithfulness of the Lord. Saul did not want to believe that. So he thought that it was due to craftiness. And it, it says Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So don't look, think of it as a mountain. Think of it as a more like a big, big hill, right? So you have Saul on one side, David on one side. Saul was so close. Yeah, he couldn't catch David. A messenger comes to Saul, you know, to draw him away from David. And because the Philistines were attacking. And so he goes over there to handle that. The hand of God was so evident. David and his men, you know, they made a memorial on that spot. And they called the spot the Rock of Escape. Now, I'm going to begin to close here, but I want to finish with this one thing. At this time, David wrote a psalm. And we know that David wrote a whole lot of the Psalms. Um, but um, David expressed his feelings in a, in a psalm, specifically Psalm 54. And if you if you open up Psalm 54, um, most Bibles have you know titles of, of what that psalm is. And, and this one says, A contemplation of David when the Ziphites went and said to Saul, Is David not hiding with us? I'm going to read this real quick. Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen his desire upon my enemies. Psalm 54, David called out to the Lord for help. He says, save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. David understood his enemies. He says, for strangers have, have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. David expressed his confidence in the Lord. He says in verse four, behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. And David let go of the bitterness and fear and promised the Lord instead. Instead, in verse six, I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. David was in, a, it was in such a tough spot. He knew he was called to be king. And here he is running from the king. He's helping people who are about to betray him. He's doing all these things, right? It's in a very, very low place. And we're going to continue to read about David and the things that he had to go through, the things that he did while Saul was chasing after him. But one thing is continual is that David sought the Lord. He sought a word from God. The word says he inquired of God, right? He was a man after God's own heart. Are you a man? Are you a woman after God's own heart? When you're dealing with trials and tribulations, do you try to handle it yourself? 
Or do you seek after the Lord? Do you go after God? Do you ask him for answers? Do you ask him to confirm his word? That's the difference between a lot of us and a person like David. Now, David wasn't perfect, okay? David was not perfect. We're reading these early chapters of his life, and he seems to be like, you know, the best man there is, right? But we'll, we, we will come across the time when David was not so perfect. He makes a lot of bad decisions that affect his family for generations. But one thing was clear. He loved the Lord. He had a relationship with God. When God said, jump, David said, how high? <laughs> you know, that was David. He was in continual relationship with him. Are you in a continual relationship with God? As you're going about your day, are you speaking to him? The word says, pray without ceasing. And all that means is be talking to God all day, every day. So then you can hear his words. You can hear his voice. When he speaks, it becomes clearer and clearer because you're continually talking with him. Just as, it, as a lot of us are in relationships, we're in marriages, you know, the longer you're with your spouse, the better and better you really hear what they're saying. In the beginning, it was, you didn't know what they were talking about. But after time, day in and day out, talking with them, you learn the real language that they're speaking. David spent time with the Lord from the time he was a boy. Here he is, a young man, and he's still seeking the Lord, just like when he was in the shepherd's field. Here he is in the wilderness, fighting battles, slaying enemies, running from his life. And the one thing that was consistent was that he inquired of God. Brothers and sisters, as I close, inquire of the Lord. Seek the Lord. Ask the Lord. And I promise you, I promise you, he will answer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord God. We continue to thank you for, for a man like David that we can we can use as an example for our own lives of, you know, if, even though we will talk about the bad that he did, he did so much more good. He was infallible just like us. But he continually sought your face. He continually prayed to you. He continually worshiped you. I pray, Father, that we would have that same conviction just to worship you, to seek your face, to talk with you, to pray with you, Lord. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters here on this call, Lord God. Bless them, keep them. Father, I pray that uh, whether they're listening now, they're listening later on, or they're on the podcast, Father, Lord, that, that you would just open up their minds, speak to them, Lord God. Show them the areas of their lives where they need to may need to make some adjustments, Father. But ultimately, Lord, I pray that they would seek you every single day. Father, I praise you. Lift up your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love y'all, and I'll see you again next weekend. God bless.